0: So Trump was taken off Twitter in the first place for inciting the violent insurrection against
1: the Capitol. Besides sides of this debate, the fact that he did it with a poll of which, you know, however many percent of those could have been bots that aren't real people voting in that. Uh, secondarily, I don't know if, you know, that decision should be made by some poll. I mean, so I think these polls are mostly a gimmick. And I would argue the people haven't spoken, the GRU has spoken, the, these, uh, Twitter Russian become, intelligence, you mean? Twitter has become a playground for bad actors and fake bots. This poll is meaningless. This decision is meaningless.
0: Well, I'm terribly disturbed about it because I know uh, that he's going to try and use it to continue to organize Um, his constituency, Uh, and uh, it also gives him an opportunity to try and make people believe why he should be president of the United States. So he's going to politicize it, he's going to use it, and all of those domestic terrorists uh, that he's leading will have a voice.
1: The president used that platform to incite that attack on the
2: Capitol. Uh, His comments about the vice president, his own vice president, put Mike Pence's
1: life uh, in danger. He showed no remorse about that. Uh, he continues to lie about uh, his actions on that day. Uh, it just underscores the, the erratic leadership of Twitter now under Musk, but also the security concerns uh, with security people fleeing Twitter.
0: In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform
1: the heads explode over the weekend as uh, Donald Trump is uh, reinstated or his account reactivated at Twitter he hasn't tweeted anything has indicated he won't uh, but just seeing his, uh, his account activated I mean even the, f- the last few tweets on January 6th where he was telling everybody to respect the, col- the Capitol Police and to you know to not, to not cause any violence that's pretty amazing This just undermines what Kinzinger and all these others on the January 6th committee have been lying about for months. There's Kinzinger, by the way, talking about Russian bots. So, so much to unpack in that montage. Russian bots, here come the Russians again. They're responsible for Donald Trump's popularity. Certainly not the ordinary Americans. No, no. And then how about the guy also talking about Russian bots He he's he's trashing Twitter. And at the same time, right at the lower third, they're saying, here's my Twitter handle. (laughs) He still wants the following from Twitter. It's kind of like CBS. They announced that, hey, just out of an abundance of caution, we're going to suspend our account for 24 hours. And then, of course, they come back quietly. It's just amazing. These people, what they're capable of saying. Maxine Waters she, she's blowing kisses to the FTX guy, but, but she's gonna, she really wants to weigh, on, weigh in on regulating Donald Trump on Twitter, of all places. <laughs> Lots to get to on today's show. You're listening to Stephen Fleury and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining our growing audience. You can get to the live video stream of this show through our website. That would be thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live. And you can watch the show every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. And, of course, you can watch it uh, wherever you are in the world. You'll just have to make the, uh, the time adjustment. Uh, also, you can go to our, uh, our radio, our local radio website, kpcg.fm, and get the audio. And, of course, all these programs can be downloaded to your devices. Uh, and you can also watch them after the fact at our website as well. So a busy, very active weekend with a long walk with the dog, a workout, and then our Thanksgiving ball last night with lots of uh, dancing, so I can barely move. Thankfully, my arms aren't too sore, and I can just stand still for an hour, Uh, but a lot of exciting activities going on at this time of year. Of course, we're coming up to the uh, Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday here in the United States, and uh, we had some wonderful instruction over the weekend. Uh, on the subject of thanks and, and gratitude, so uh, certainly even in a world that is dying, we in God's church, just just with the truth, too, that God has given to us, we have so much to be thankful for, so much spiritual abundance, and even here in Manasseh, the United States, with uh, so many problems, inflation skyrocketing, of course, we still, we still are the richest and most prosperous nation in the world. In world history, lots to be thankful for. There's a lot that people take for granted at this time of year as well. But we in God's family certainly should not. So many so many things to be thankful for. So that that montage there, CBS <laughs> announcing it's it's Twitter's just so dangerous now. So CBS decides to uh, to put a self-imposed uh, I guess, suspension of their account on Twitter. But they, they're like the guy that's there saying Twitter is trash. Uh, oh, by the way, here's my Twitter handle. <laughs> Speaking of CBS, by the way, listen to them from earlier today. Fin- finally, after 24 months plus, 24 plus months, they're finally getting around to the Hunter Biden laptop story. This is clip two.
0: Whatever happened to Hunter? During the 2020 election, versions were widely shared by Republican operatives, including Rudy Giuliani. We have the entire hard drive. But questions were raised about whether additional files were added to those versions. Then-candidate Biden labeled the laptop controversy disinformation.
2: What this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. CBS
0: News approached the lawyer for the computer repair shop owner to cut through the noise. We've always had... Uh, one clean copy. And obtained a copy of what he says they provided the FBI under subpoena. Then we went to Minneapolis for an independent analysis. Were you paid by CBS or anyone else to analyze the data?
2: No. No. I wouldn't want anyone to think that someone bought our opinion. Around the corner, it'll lead you to what we call our imaging room.
0: Lanterman and his son, Sean, both digital forensic experts, recovered images of credit cards, a driver's license, social security number.
2: Just the sheer volume Mm -hmm. of what we're dealing with, it would be difficult, uh, if not impossible,
0: to fabricate. And explained how files built up over years. It accumulated
1: over time, which is consistent with normal, everyday use of a computer. My favorite statement there was when uh, the reporter says, you know, you've got both sides uh, conflicting reports, uh, but CBS decided to cut through the noise. That's right, 24 months late. But we've finally gotten around to it. We've finally conducted an independent investigation. Couldn't do it two years ago no because that might have helped Donald Trump. So the whole point here is to get Trump the war against Trump. By the way, by the way, my father two uh, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, he uh, he basically talked about what's in this forthcoming Trumpet Magazine, Donald Trump Ready for War. I mean, that's what we're seeing. And really he's going up against everyone, the entire establishment. And it it does, The tweets, by the way, that show up, as soon as his account is reactivated, this is one of the the second or third tweets down the the timeline. It says, I'm asking for everyone in the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence, he says, with 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 an exclamation. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That's what he was telling to his supporters. And in case there were any unruly agitators in the crowd, that's why he told Nancy Pelosi, look, bring in the National Guard. I'm worried, Antifa, that they might stir up violence. But she wouldn't do it. And Kinzinger knows it. So does Liz Cheney. So does Paul Ryan. But they lie. They're both sides are willing and able to lie. And no matter the size of the whopper, they will unload Russia, Russia, Russia. Even, even the Twitter poll. It's the Russian bots. It's the Russian bots that somehow brought Donald Trump out front. It's amazing what these people will... And then the, what they say about the Hunter Biden laptop. There, there was the, the fake president of the United States. It was in that clip with CBS saying that the laptop was an attack from Russia. And you know what's even more remarkable about that lie? Is that 52 or 3 intelligence agents, including John Brennan, signed on saying that it was a Russian attack, that it was Russian disinformation, the laptop. And it takes CBS 24 months to finally conduct An independent investigation. They finally decided to to cut out the noise. I love, too, just the tone of that segment. How it sounds like we're just trying to be so objective. Where was that objectivity two years ago? That, That was out the window. Now it's fine. Now you can talk about Hunter's laptop. Now you can say, yes, there's a lot of information there and it's pretty damning. Now you can talk about it, you see it just gives us a little bit of a foretaste of what it's going to be like the next year or two. You, if you think you've heard the worst of it, as far as the lies and the deception, well, don't kid yourself. It's going to get even worse. So my father, I think the message he gave was on November 12th, and he says, and this has now been converted to an article, but he, he said that even with what happened at the midterms, that it's really a blessing the way that this has worked out because it's totally exposed the establishment on the Republican side. And you see all of these, Paul Ryan's out there, Mike Pence is out there, he's trying to sell his book, trashing Donald Trump in the process, Bill Barr, all of them. It it makes you wonder that when Trump comes back, who's even going to be left to fill up his administration? It says here in the article, it's astounding that these establishment Republicans would rather live under the tyrant Barack Obama than support senators who back and support Donald Trump. They wouldn't support Blake Masters, not one penny for him or Balduck up in New Hampshire. No no money for the Trump supporting senators or candidates. But let's make sure we support Lisa Murkowski. Give her millions cuz she hates Trump. It's really been quite revealing. And, and it shows that it's a war. He's He's got a war to recover what's rightfully his. And then one, just one little switch on Twitter, and their heads just explode. Are you serious? They're like little children, all of them. Little babies throwing a tantrum. It says here, world event, this is actually from a uh, uh the book of Revelation unveiled at last, or the royal book of Revelation, my father. He says, God makes everything revolve around this church. The whole course of the world is determined by what this church is doing. And the point there to be made is that, you know, like we've said so many times before, tomorrow's news today. I mean, we start talking about it or we start writing it in the trumpet, and then look at what's happened over the last several days. It's just so timely. I don't know if this is posted just yet, but it'll be if it's not at the website now, it'll be out there this week. And then it'll be coming to your mailboxes if you're a subscriber. If you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet, there's no cost, no obligation, 10 free issues per year. The 800 number 866 930 3024 Let me just give you again a little bit of a snippet from this uh, this is just a a, a copy of the The feature article, my father's personal, and it says here, the battle lines are drawn, the stage is set for one of the most dramatic fulfillments of biblical prophecy we have yet seen in our lifetimes. It says, on one side of this political battle in America is the Democratic Party and the radical left. There is also, we now know, establishment Republicans. They are joined by the media, both leftist and conservative. And Big Tech, with the single exception now of Twitter, all are arrayed together. They're all arrayed together. It says, on the other side is Donald Trump virtually alone. And now it's so clear. It's so clear. I mean, you can see it so so clearly because of the midterms. Listen to Paul Ryan from over the weekend commenting on Donald Trump, clip one.
2: He can get his people through the primaries, but they can't win general elections. So what, it's really clear, I think the Republican voter is going to move on. That's why I don't think he ends up winning the, the nomination at the end of the day.
1: What will it mean to the Republican party if he actually wins the
2: nomination again? we probably likely lose the White House. We mm-hmm. just did in 20. So I think we probably lose the White House with Trump. And if there's someone not named Trump, my guess is we win the White House. Do you think he's more popular since the 20 election with the <laughs> swing voter in America or less? Right but I think, I think he's going to continue to lose altitude. Because we want to win, and we know with him we lose. We have a string of losses to prove that point. Here's how, I, I was not a never-Trumper, but I am a never-again-Trumper. Why? Because I want to win, and we lose with Trump.
1: There he is. He's, uh, he's a never-again-Trumper. We're two years out, and he's already decided. It's like some of these, these commentators I've already noted that tweet out, that, that's too much. He made, fr- he made fun of Yunkin. Can't, I, can't, I have to withdraw my support. 2 years think about all the things that could change in 2 years time what are you talk about heads exploding if it were to go that far through a primary and all of that and Trump wins the primary how are the he's on the Fox Corporation board Paul Ryan he's got his cushy little job he's pulling in over 300 grand a year and he's there to tell the Fox board this is the kind of approach that we've got to take at the news division and of course, Rupert Murdoch, the Australian, he's right on board with it. Never again, Trump. That's the way they think. It doesn't matter what happens between now and then. It's just never again. Never. Never. When have you seen something like this in politics? Answer never. <laughs> it's happening now, though. These people, their minds are just so deranged. They can't think straight. And these are, these are educated, sophisticated individuals we're, we're, we're hearing, we're looking at. But the devil has the hold on their thinking. His power is strong, to put it lightly. The, uh, the, we went through Ephesians 2 just this morning in Epistles class. The prince of the power of the air, the air. The devil surcharges the air with his attitudes and his moods. This is, not no, this is not just normal politics we're observing here. These people are unhinged. And it's all, there's Donald Trump on the other side, as this next Trumpet magazine brings out, virtually alone. Listen to Paul Ryan's take on Nancy Pelosi, clip four. It's an impressive legacy. I mean, obviously,
2: she and I usually disagree on things, but first woman speaker, um, a, a career to be proud of. And frankly, I think about her husband Paul a lot these days. I just feel so awful about what happened to them. She has an incredible legacy and career to look you know, look
1: back on. An incredible legacy, he says, about this woman who brought San Francisco values to Washington back in the 1980s and, and all the more so in 2006 when she won the job as speaker and then began to double and triple her net worth within months, within a couple of years. And they're now now worth $171 million. And I played the montage for you on, on Friday. All of these people talking about just how perfect she is. One of them actually used that word. She's perfect. And there's Paul Ryan. He's right in line with establishment thinking. Pelosi, good. Pelosi, perfect. And Donald Trump, we got to do everything we can to avoid him ever running again. Because, look, we've got all these elections to prove he's like a, a lead weight pulling the party down. Really? That's what that's what they're saying. This is another narrative, a false one at that, that they have created, just like the January 6th fed surrection. They've created this. This is a lie, and they're going to stick with it now for another two years if they have to, that we can't win with Trump. We just can't do it, and we've got all the evidence. Look, we can produce a, a can't win with Trump committee if we have to. To just, kind of like January 6th, to just show that we cannot win with him. They despise him. They despise him. They don't want him to come back because he exposes, he exposes their corruption. He exposes the fact that they're all in this together. Listen to Chuck Todd as he went back and forth with Mike Pence about January 6th, clip three. Look, you you, you want... The public to try to split this. Are you concerned that Donald Trump's behavior post-election 2020 damaged the Republican Party and is the mid or the 2022 midterm sort of
0: evidence?
2: Well, I think it really does depend on our candidates and whether or not Republican candidates around them. the country will will learn the lessons mm-hmm. that we learned through that tragic day. And frankly. Uh, in many of the elections that took place in the midterms.
1: Does his behavior in January of 2021 tell you that he doesn't respect the Constitution?
2: Well, all I know is that what the president asked me to do, I would have violated my oath to the Constitution.
1: So that's not respecting the Constitution. He certainly didn't respect it enough to ask you to, to, to be disloyal to your oath.
2: The president of the United States in that moment was receiving counsel
1: from attorneys who were telling him, as the Bible says, what his itching ears wanted to hear. Mm, there he goes, quoting the Bible. Remember Second Chronicles 7? He used to quote that, and he left out a pretty important phrase about repentance. But now he accuses Donald Trump of having the itching, itchy ears, I guess, that Paul talked about in Second uh, Timothy 4. And uh, he's basically saying in a kind of a very sophisticated, religious-sounding way that, yeah, Donald Trump damaged the Republican Party and he violated his oath. He, he, He was acting out, lashing out, he said last week, reckless. He's accusing the former president, his former boss, of trashing the Constitution, And what would he say if Nancy Pelosi's brought up or even Barack Obama, the dear leader? Oh, you can be sure there would be high praise for the other side. It's not the other side, is it? They're they're all the same. They're all, it's a uniparty. And like this next Trumpet magazine brings out, on the other side you have Donald Trump virtually alone. Here they're raiding his house the attorney general announced on friday that now there's going to be this uh, special counsel to oversee all of the investigations in donald trump into donald into everything trump there's something like three investigations two sham impeachments when does this end it doesn't end it's a war it's a war that announcement, by the way, on Friday from the DOJ—that happened after the, the the show, our show was over. So we're only just commenting on it now. But basically, they've been they've been urging Merrick Garland, Biden, and his people, Joe Obama, to indict the former president John, Donald Trump. He's actually the current president, but we'll leave that aside for a moment. We'll, we'll play along. But they they have wanted an indictment. And Merrick Garland just didn't quite have the goods. It's kind of like the, the, the sham of, a, of an investigation into Rudy Giuliani. Just break into his apartment, you know, pound over the door, get all of his devices, look at everything he has, try to find a crime. And then they didn't. And then they quietly announced last week, uh, we're not going to press charges on Rudy. It's the same thing with Mar-a-Lago. Non-stop Nonstop investigations. They had the Mueller investigation for, what, two or three years? So they continue the harassment, the persecution. And now it's going to continue through this this special counsel, Jack Smith. He's a radical. He's a radical from the Obama administration. Imagine that. An Obama guy is now going to be in charge of investigating Trump. How do you think this is going to play out? This is from the Daily Caller. Jack Smith, a special counsel appointed by A.G. Merrick Garland uh, to investigate Donald Trump's possession of classified information, was a key figure in the IRS, its infamous targeting of conservative nonprofits, according to a 2014 report. It says, on October 8, 2010, Smith, then chief of the DOJ Criminal Division's Public Integrity Section at the time, Called a meeting with former IRS official Lois Lerner to discuss how the IRS could assist in the criminal enforcement of campaign finance laws against politically active nonprofits. He's a political hack. This is why Andrew Weissman, another political hack who worked for Mueller, this is why Weissman is tweeting out over the weekend, oh Jack Smith, he's the right guy for the job and he works fast. They, they, they're not even trying to conceal. Their bias. It's just right out there in the open. Weissman says, yeah, he's a hatchet man for sure. Now we're going to get the indictment. This is what they want. They're deranged, aren't they? Says the impetus for the meeting was President Barack Obama's public criticism of the Supreme Court's ruling in Citizens United versus FEC, according to the report. So Obama, he wanted, hey Smith, this is back in 2010. Let's get this meeting, work with Lois Lerner, let's persecute our opponents. This is right out of the playbook of Barack Hussein Obama. He's running the country right now. It's his third term. Fundamental transformation. And the number one threat to his rule is Donald John Trump. How much Democrat money, by the way, how much dirty money are they going to pour into Mike Pence's campaign, DeSantis, uh, Pompeo, whoever they there's going to be a whole host of Republicans lining up to take down Trump because Trump is the one candidate who drags the whole party down. Mike Pence doesn't No Pompeo. No way. No. Uh, Nikki Haley? She's never lost a race, and she doesn't plan to lose another one. She doesn't plan to lose starting now, that's for sure. So she'll, she'll throw her hat in the ring. They're all lining up. And, of course, they'll get money from the Republican establishment. But the Democrats, they know the one person they can't beat is Donald Trump. Yet think about the money they're going to start pouring into those Republican races And you think those good Republicans are going to deny that cash? Well, well, look at how the establishment operated with FTX. Maxine Waters was supposed to regulate that that company that stole billions and that just poured millions into Democrat campaigns, mostly. Some Republicans, too. And there she is a year ago, blowing kisses to the guy, SBF. Unbelievable. I mean, the corruption, the filth, the, the sickness we sure need a physician, as Jesus said. We need, we need health. We need God to heal this nation. And how, how, do, how is the land healed? To quote from that verse that Mike Pence quoted years ago, if we turn from our sins, from our wickedness, and repent toward God. It says, IRS officials under Lerner were later involved in selecting groups with the words Tea Party, Patriot, or 9-12 their names for audits. It was just totally politicized. The IRS, that's why a lot of people were right, rightfully outraged when they announced a while back that, yeah, we're going to have 80,000 more IRS agents. Oh, so you could come after groups that have Patriot in their name? That's what they did during uh, Obama's second term. They'll do it again. Maybe it was the first term. It says the IRS's scrutiny of nonprofit 501c and 501c4 tax uh, exempt statuses applied for by these groups prevented them from fully participating in the 2012 presidential election between Obama and Republican nominee Mitt Romney. See, they do everything they can to rig elections, persecute the, the opponents in 2012, cover up Hunter Biden laptop in 2020. The only time they, they really got caught with their pants down was in 2016. And even then, even then, Trump, he won by a very slim margin. He, he pulled in millions more votes four years later because the country, after four years under Trump, thought, you know what? He's actually a pretty good president. But then the fix was in, wasn't it? Yeah, just get those Democrat machines in, in motion. And also really try to come out with high-profile investigations and raids against Trump and his people. And, and surely, surely the American public will wake up and realize he's a dead weight, on the not just on the whole party, he's a dead weight on the country. Listen to Bill Barr over the weekend after the attorney general announces that there's going to be now a special counsel, another investigation into Donald Trump. Here's the former Attorney General for Donald Trump. Clip five. If the Department of Justice can show that these were indeed very sensitive documents, which I think they probably were, and also show that the president consciously was involved in misleading the department, deceiving the government, um, and playing games after he had received the subpoena for the documents, that those are serious that's a serious it. That's serious. Crime.
0: That's a serious Well, I, crime I said that.
1: I, I personally think that they probably have the basis for legitimately indicting the press. I don't know. I'm speculating. You're speculating. But, yeah. but given what's gone on, I think they probably have the evidence that would check the box. They have the case.
0: And if they have it, should they?
1: That's a decision for. Uh, if you were AG, would you? I'm
2: not going to get into that.
1: It's just shameful, really. It's, it's shameful to see these men just, just surrender. They're so weak. They're so weak. He doesn't even know. He's just speculating. But there he is saying, oh, yeah, they've got the goods on Trump. Yet another of what now? A thousand times they've said this is the end of the line. The wall, he should have said the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. Oh, yes. How many times have we heard this before? But see, now, now, following following the false narrative that they they were working on even ahead of the midterms. It was so calculated. No money for masters, let's save it for Murkowski. Then when and, and two weeks before, that's when we really started to hear this. Oh, it's gonna be a red wave. We've never seen anything like it. It makes you wonder who was behind that narrative, because it wasn't just the polls. It was also the talking heads. It's going to be a red wave. And then no red wave happens, And the way they describe it. And there they are the next morning, together, right in lockstep with Joe Scarborough. Yeah, that's Donald Trump's fault. Every time Trump runs, he loses. Every time he endorses someone, they lose. This is what they say. This is their story. So, as they said in that Trumpet, Trump, let me just read it to you again. On the one side, what do you have? It says here, they're joined by the media, uh, both leftist and conservative and big tech, with the single exception now of Twitter. All are arrayed together. On the other side is Donald Trump, virtually alone, virtually alone. Sundance makes a pretty good point, too, about the attorney general's uh, appointment of a special counsel saying that this is also, uh, it's probably also another way for them to just extend the investigations forever so that they never have to reveal their methods or sources. Just think about the the, the committee hearings now. And the Republicans, a few of them in the House, to their credit, they're already lining up some of these uh, these hearings and investigations. But now, now we get to hear Chris Wray say, well, you know, there is a special counsel that's conducting an investigation. So we can't really get into that. We can't, we can't really reveal our sources, our methods. They've gotten, and, and Sundance also says, it's another way to just keep the January 6th committee going. Uh, non-stop investigations. I mean, what we're seeing, like, is covered in this latest trumpet, it, it's the depths of Satan. Re, Revelation 2 and verse 24. Read it, Read it sometime on your own. I mean, Satan, that's why, as we wrote... In uh, the previous trumpet, or I guess it's the royal vision, that's why we really do have to reason together with God because the depths of Satan, the, the power of the devil, the influence, his influence as it spreads over this earth. And, of course, now as Revelation 12 brings out, he and his demons, they're confined to this earth. And look at what damage they're causing the goal, like Second Kings 14 says, the goal is to blot out even the name of Israel. It's a war. Ready for war. That's the January 2023 copy or issue of the Trumpet Magazine. Hard to believe we're racing toward 2023, just a few weeks ahead of us. If you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet Magazine as yet, The toll-free number, 1-866-930-3024. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back.
0: The Trumpet Daily. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, Radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something, is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. The
1: Trumpet Daily. I mentioned at the outset of this show today just how much we in God's family, how much we have to be thankful for God really does look after his family. He really does take care of us in every respect. He loves us. He encourages us. He strengthens us. He corrects us as a loving father. We need all of that. We're just so weak and fragile. Apart from God, we're nothing. We're just like a little worm. (laughs) But with God filling our lives, the blessings, it's a lot to be thankful for. On Friday's show, I talked about the role of a shepherd and how that Jesus is that good shepherd who looks after the sheep. It says in John 10 and verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I mean, just that alone, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his life for the sheep. Verse 14 of John 10 says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. He knows everything there is to know about us. And we want to know everything that we can about him. The good shepherd, verse 15 says, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Christ gave his life He gave his life, and of course, it wasn't just in that final act, you know, by the crucifixion, that too, of course, but he gave his life. We've been talking in uh, epistles recently about being a living sacrifice. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I die daily, every single day. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. I mean, there's daily death as we put to death that old man and live and live unto God. Christ living in us where we can be servants and, and slaves of Christ. He owns us. We've been purchased by his shed blood. That's at the end of 1 Corinthians 6. Bought with a price. What a blessing. Is that something to be thankful for? I would would say it is. Purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at Psalm 22. This gives us some pretty, these are penned by King David, of course, but it gives us insights into the thinking of Jesus Christ in and around that time period of the crucifixion. Psalm 22 in verse 1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? These were Christ's words while on the stake at the moment that he was cut off from the Father and he became that sin sacrifice and God had to turn away from it. Verse 2, it says, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you hear not, and in the night season, and am not silent, but you are holy. O you that inhabits the praises of Israel. I mean, it was an agonizing time period to be cut off from God for this this moment. And yet you read the rest of the psalm, and you see see this. You are holy. It says in verse 4, Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you did deliver them. They cried unto you and were delivered. They trusted in you. And we're not confounded all the times that God did deliver. Miracles of deliverance. This is what Christ's mind was on. This is what David's mind was on when he was being tried and tested. Even then, so much to be thankful for. So much in the way of honor and glory to God. Verse 19, further down, it says, But be you not far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste to, to help me. Verse 20 says, Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling, from the power of the dog, save me from the, the lion's mouth. For you have heard me from the horns of the unicorns, it says. You've, you've listened. You, you heard me. You've intervened. You've saved me. It's something to think about when we're tried and tested. Just how many times, how often God delivers. It says in verse 29, All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. It says in verse 30, A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the eternal for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people and shall be born... And he has done this. It's just such a beautiful uh, prayer, a beautiful picture. It, it, it's awesome, really, to think about David writing something so profound, so inspiring, so prophetic. He's revealing here the mind of the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd who sacrificed his life for the sheep. This was his mindset and just continue on with the study into Psalm 23, perhaps one of the best-known psalms in the book of Psalms. And as my father has mentioned before, this this too, this psalm too, it's just an extension of the, the previous one, also revealing the mind of Jesus Christ at the time of the crucifixion. God inspired this because he wants us to wrap our minds around the mind of Christ, around the thinking Of the Good Shepherd. Notice verse 1, Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters. You can't help but think of the, the, I think we have three songs in our hymnal using these lyrics. Beautiful hymns. A beautiful psalm. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not deprived of anything. I have a provider. He looks after my needs, all of them. God is the giver of everything that's good. The Father of lights, just raining blessings down upon us from heaven above opening the windows of heaven, like Malachi 3 says. The Lord makes me to go down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. See, God always, always looks after his sheep and nourishes them and ensures that they traverse the pastures peacefully. He protects us. It says, God restores my soul He restores us. He strengthens us. Read the last few verses of Isaiah 40, some of my favorite verses in the Bible, especially as you get older, (laughs) because we need strength. God gives strength to the weak. He really does empower us through his spirit. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. It's the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. He helps us to think straight in a world where there's so much confusion where there's so much darkness. He leads me in the right path. See, God will guide us. His word is like a lamp unto our feet. It says in another psalm, he lights up that path so we can go forward. Verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. God comforts and protects the sheep. A good shepherd does that. We can walk right through the valley of the shadow of death. Paul talked about the many near-death experiences that he had. You can see it in in 1 Corinthians and the book of Romans. In 1 Corinthians, he implies that he was out in the arena with wild animals chasing after him. And yet you can walk right through that. the the valley of the shadow of death and know that God will be with you, that God will protect you. Look at the way King David protected his sheep. I mean, those were literal sheep, just dumb animals. And you've got a good shepherd in David who fought and killed a lion and a bear. He brought this up when he was before Saul, saying, look, I'll take on this giant. I'll take on Goliath. God is with me. God will deliver us through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God uses that rod on our enemies. He also uses it on us when we need correction. But that's a great comfort. It should be. You read Hebrews 12 and you see the purpose for correction from God. It shows that he's a father. If we weren't corrected by the father... Well, that that means we're fatherless. This shows, this demonstrates God's love. How much he cares about us. How much he loves us. He's our keeper. Our protector. Our provider. Christ is a good shepherd. Verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the eternal forever it's a beautiful beautiful psalm god prepares a table for us he feeds us even in the presence of our enemies even when there's so many curses pounding the nation we can still we can still assemble together and be fed physically and hopefully more mentally spiritually god feeds the sheep You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God is our healer. God would heal the land if we turned to him in in repentance and faith. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the eternal forever. We recently went through the definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, one older lady who took the course, the epistles class years ago, she wrote and said how that when she was in grade school back in the 1950s, that the teacher had all the students, think about this, this used to be the United States of America, but a, a public school teacher had all the students memorize the definition of God's love in 1 Corinthians 13 and then recite it every day. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is all these things. And these little grade schoolers just reciting this this beautiful, poetic language. We should do the same with Psalm 23 in our schools. But, But instead, it's kick God out and install woke policies, transgenderism, any kind of horrible lifestyle, ungodly living. Let's just introduce it to as young as they, as, as early as possible. Get it into the school system and get God out. Get Psalm 23, 1 Corinthians 13. None of this. We're so far removed from God. What does God think about this? Our most important relationship is the one we're working on daily with God the Father and Christ the Good Shepherd They look after the sheep. They take care of us. Ezekiel 34, notice verse 11, it says, For thus says the eternal God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. That's Ezekiel 34, verse 11. God is the chief shepherd over the people. He'll seek us out. He'll search He'll try the reins, as Jeremiah the prophet said. Verse 12, it says, As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the the cloudy and dark day. Verse 13 says, And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land, And feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers. And in all the inhabited places of the country, God's going to gather the Israelites, His people, scattered about in countries all over the earth. He's going to gather them, and they're going to return to their homeland at the return of Jesus Christ. And notice verse 14, it says, And I will feed them in a good pasture, And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. And there shall they lie in a good fold. And in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. No more threats of danger. No more being scattered abroad. But together, unified, looking to God, their maker, looking to the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 15, it says, And I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away. And I will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. God's going to seek those lost nations, bring them back to Israel, their homeland, bring them back, those that have been driven away, and he'll look after them. He'll protect them. The sheep are scattered today. They're scattered today in spiritual Israel because of rebellion, because of sin. God would heal if we would just repent. Verse 22, it says, Therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey, and I will judge between cattle and cattle. God's people, you see, no more a prey, no more hunted down by these predators. Verse twenty-three, and I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David. What is this talking about? King David? You mean he's cut? This is a prophecy, obviously. Ezekiel. I mean, this is this is written after David's reign. David was dead and buried. You mean David's coming back? That's right, he's going to be resurrected from the dead. That's all through the Bible. Yet people don't believe in the resurrection. They're uh, believers of false doctrine, so many of them. God's going to resurrect King David, and he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Verse 24, obviously this all happens at the return of Christ. And then verse 24 says, And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the eternal have spoken it. See, you can stake your life on this. God has spoken. At the return of Christ, the resurrection of the saints, King David is going to be king over Israel. And he has some pretty good credentials too when it comes to fulfilling that God-given role of being a, a good shepherd who sacrifices For the sheep. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show with some feedback, you can write us at tdatthetrumpet.com. We thank you for joining us on today's program, and we'll see you tomorrow.